everybody, and welcome to another week of board shenanigans. As always, I'm joined by the venerable Reverend Ryan Brewer, a man who d- who deserves an insult, but I'm yet to find one befitting of a man of such low clout. Yes, and I'm here with Cody Jeems, a man who thinks all license plates are trying to talk to him. Hey, hey, whoa, you know, there's things we discuss, just you and I, and there's things that are discussed on the show, like, whoa, 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 man. What, what like your stupidity about about trying to make words out of license plates that aren't meant to have words? Like, is it a government conspiracy, Cody? Like, are they hiding messages in the license plates now? You know, I would just like to think that there are certain things talked about whenever it's it's not under the BS banner, when it's just, oh, here's a friend talking to another friend. But I I just opine to Brewer and that whenever, you, whenever you're behind a car and it's got a weird license plate, like it's just not a normal, like your XR266B or whatever, it's got kind of a funky vibe to it. It's, it's like, I wonder how I wonder if it's actually like a vanity plate or not, and then you have to try and figure it out. And the entire time you're behind them, you're like... Well, is this real? Is this fake? Is this is this is this an actual one? Am I not figuring it out? Is that is that is that a W actually a W? Is it two V's? What what is going on in this particular license? <laughs> Am I going to continue to tell the listeners that the thing that you just didn't want to tell about? See what just happened here, listeners. As I as I pander to you now, realizing the depths of my stupidity, and oh, the depths are vast. Uh, <laughs> The other day, I was talking to Brewer on the phone, uh, discussing top-secret, confidential podcast content. The kind of hard-hitting things that you've come to expect here each week, alo- along with a pandery, a pandery sales pitch of the show you're currently listening to. You know, BS traditions. Anyway, I was behind a car, and it was... The, the license plate was S-T-R-U-T-R, and... I was so I think it was strutter, but I didn't know if it was stutter or what. Or then there's like this whole thing of does it mean that the person in the car actually struts their stuff, or do they stutter their stuff, or are they a strutter with a stutter and they put stutter instead of strutter, or was the person that was taking their vanity plate exceptionally cruel and making fun of their stutter, or are they a stutter enthusiast, proud of who they are, and they wanted to put stutter on their license plate, but since they have a stutter. It came out strutter instead. I was just was genuinely curious, or is it something? Else? Is it like Saint Utter? And I don't know. I mean, I, I I literally like I need to know these things. And I was just I, one of the one of those things I really wanted to know about, and I feel feel strongly about because I feel that each license plate has a special message, and if you could decode it, then maybe just maybe you could de- defeat the I don't know Nazi hordes or something. I, I don't know. All, all I know is with your stutter, strutter, stuttering, and uttering over there, you're getting. Very close to like an episode of Seinfeld, <laughs> and I did. And I thought we promised we'd never hit, hit that low. I just really want. I just am curious about like special messages on license plates. I, sir, would like to believe that there are special messages out there, and only those dedicated enough, and I guess not paying enough attention to other traffic around them, can figure them out. And, and do you have to wear a special, you know, type of sunglasses to see them? Do they hurt really bad when you put them on and take them off? <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, it looks like it looks like it's Santa Claus, but no, it's actually a skull. It says consume. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Are are you here to kick ass and chew bubblegum? Are you all out of bubblegum? <laughs> Are are, are we going to have a 10-minute fight scene where you're just asking me to put sunglasses on? And I'm like, no! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that is such a good movie. I love that movie. That is is a fantastic film. Oh, um, Uh, speaking of fantastic films that is not on our list, our very meager list of what we plan to talk about on this episode, but is probably worthy of us talking about... Um, did you know that there's gonna be a, a new Mad Max? What? Yes, a new Mad Max. Well, I don't know if you're faking enthusiasm or not. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I, 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 I'm i genuinely curious because, you know, two enthusiastic people enter and only one enthusiastic winner leaves, I guess. <laughs> Welcome to Thunderdome, bitch. Uh, Let me see if I can grab the trailer for it real quick for you if you haven't haven't seen. I was completely unaware of this. Com- completely? Where, where's YouTube at? Is Lord is Lord is Lord Humongous gonna have like assless chaps again? Is that gonna be a thing? You is know, it gonna be all? I'm glad you brought up assless chaps because <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll bite. Why are you glad I brought up assless chaps? Now I'm assuming it's not talking about small butted British men. <laughs> no, no. Or, or <laughs> sorry to be a pedantic for a minute, but I feel it's really useful. Um, I would like to point out that the adjective assless is not really required w- when talking about chaps. I, I, it is completely redundant. It's, it's almost like saying ATM machine. Because, do you know what they call chaps with an ass? Pants! <laughs> <laughs> oh, what are you gonna call them? <laughs> ass full chaps from now on? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, what? Are my shorts going to be legless pants? What's the deal with assless chaps? They, they, they had an ass in them, they're just called pants. Have you ever thought about that? Like, Not until right now. But I do like the notion of assless chaps being like a support organization for British guys with really small butts. That's like just a really funny concept. (laughs) It's just a really funny concept to me. Like, ah, what ho there? Like, welcome to assless chaps. (laughs) (laughs) What is it? Do they have a TV show too? Uh, oh yes, uh, uh, hey you down there. Are you? Ta- I'm trying to do a hey you down there in a British accent. I don't know that I can do this. Um, I, 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 I guess it'd be something more like that. <laughs> Are you vomiting? No, 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 no. I'm just trying to get my pompous British up and ready. Like, why oh, yes? I fought in the Queen's Navy. I hung the Victorian Cross. And I've seen all all sorts of the devil all the way down down to Veradoon I have. But what I've always had a trouble with is sitting down comfortably. Now, thanks to the assless chaps support organization, I have I have assless brothers who all share my pain. Go if you're having problem with your with your ass and you're a respectable gentleman, join the assless chaps. Oh, I don't know. I didn't know if this was a th- I guess I'm the only one that supports this. <laughs> you're the only one that supports Britishmen without without asses. I mean I, I know in, in, in the past um Jared has been very much consumed by the ass state of our friends. So and the amount <laughs> or lack thereof of ass I I don't know if I really need to continue that story anymore. I think it's I think that's really all you need to know. 
And I've also oh, sent yeah, you the, the the link to uh, the trailer for uh, uh, Mad Max Four: Fury Road. Unlike the other roads, which oh, were... so uh, oh, so they're not remaking it; they're just making a no, no, just, like, it's a sequel. The story, then? Yeah, this is Mad Max Four. Oh, what a novel idea! Instead of just remaking the same thing over and over again, that's not that makes it better. Now it isn't it isn't Mel Gibson. He he is no oh, longer Mad okay. Max. Um, <laughs> you're you're very broken up by this. I I can tell. Well, I mean, come on, he's just finally actually started going crazy on roads, so he's he's now perfect for the part. It's done by the same guy I'm as so, the original. I'm so in. Like, you don't even realize how in I am. I love the Mad Max movies, man. I really, really enjoy them. They're, like, they're ridiculous in all the best ways. Yeah, I mean, you know, in a way, they're almost like the most, like, archetypal um, post-apocalyptic movie, because if you really look at, like... Well, after the second one, let's be honest. Um, <laughs> a lot of the other post-apocalyptic things that started really following suit on that. You know, like, hey, look, it's in a desert. And hey, look, uh, you know, fuel is now an issue in all of them. And oh, and all this other stuff. And resources before it was just, you know, the devil or something or zombies. You know, I, I, I think it's really changed the landscape of, of movies. Well, I just, my, my favorite thing about the Mad Max movies is it just thrusts you into an environment and you, you, you're taken to such a foreign world and it really, really does everything it can to immerse you into that world to where it's believable. You know, like, I, I always kind of frustrates me when you're watching a, like, a, especially post-apocalyptic movie, whenever you see it, it's like, oh, we're in Chicago after it fell apart and it's just like they're on this, I mean, they're on the you know the south side of Chicago. It's the roughest part of town, and you know if you go down there, you best beware of bad, bad zombie zombie Leroy Brown or whatever. I always annoys me. Like, sure, <laughs> what? I'm just curious why why is that why is that the apocalypse? <laughs> Why Why is it Leroy Brown? Why was that your pull? Did, did you just get lost in your own head and choose the wrong thing? Well, I'm just... I mean, were you, were, did you say Chicago instead? Is it Detroit by mistake? You're just like, fuck, I have to go with this? You know, you make mistakes on the air, and you just believe, you believe, so I believe. I thought for one time I could, I could, I could fail, try to recover, and move forward. But no, 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 no. Since you have obviously proven that I cannot, and if I did fail, you'd edit around it anyhow. Like, since that's the case, and you've, like, stopped all forward momentum that the listeners were loving. Loving, and I bet you that the guy driving in his car just loved my segue of zombie Leroy Brown. Everybody in Podcastia and Podcastlandia was so excited about this. They were just like, oh, well, that was a creative little stiglet. But no, 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 no. Like, you have successfully, like, knocked the wind out of my sails and rained on my parade, sir. So, no, I, I'm not going to apologize. And for some reason, I'm still ranting about this, further derailing my own cause, because I don't know when to shut up, so... Sorry, I was just very confused about, uh, about Zombie Leroy Brown. Any other classic uh, country story songs you'd like to put in the apocalypse while you're at it? <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh... Eastbound and down, we've <laughs> 18 wheels rolling. We gotta get across this desert, or, or we're all done. We got a long way to. I don't know how to do this. I want to. I want to badly. 
I really want. Why don't? Why? Okay, like just bringing up that <laughs> yes. for a minute. Like, why is that not a thing? Country apocalypse story songs. <laughs> yes, Jarrett. Country apocalypse story songs. Like before you fall back asleep for your nap. Maybe you could do country apocalypse story long parodies. I I support this notion. I I mean we could ha- we could have Big Bad John and you know he could just be the Big Bad Bad or something. I don't know. There's like there's all kinds of country story songs. So why don't we have apocalypse country story song? I mean probably if presumably if you did enough good enough job and make it into the next Fallout. I guess there's that. Yeah. <laughs> Which speaking of things that made it into the next Fallout, Mad Max. Ah, yes, right, wow, I, there was some definite fallout from my failure, no, no oh yeah. god, pray to get away from the mushroom cloud. Uh, yes, the new Mad Max, I don't even know if we really need to bring it back up, but I'm going to continue. Um, you know, if you really look at, like, the first Mad Max, you know, just, just Mad Max, it, I mean, it wasn't really much different than any, you know, you know, dirty, hairy, whatever kind of, you know, cop movie, except for he had a cool car. And, you know, if you if you look at it, it's supposed to be like, oh, hey, that was like, what, the first couple weeks after the apocalypse or whatever. But, you know, he's just chasing, you know, a generic motorcycle gang guy. And, you know, nothing's nothing's really that, you know, dystopian or apocalypsy. And then, and then, you know, just shit hits the fan in Road Warrior, which I learned, you know, obviously the reason why they dropped the Mad Max 2 part of it in the original release was because uh, the original Mad Max never made it to America before Road Warrior. So Road Warrior was the first one we got here. And I mean, you know, realistically, you don't need to know much more going into it. I, I think, you know, there's like what, there's like a little monologue at some point in time in there by the by the creepy kid thing. Yeah, and then, well, then there's like the, well, and that's one thing I always really enjoyed about any of the Mad Max movies is I love the narrator at the beginning because it's so, it's so over the top. <laughs> you know, like the, cause the one, the one from, the one from Road Warriors, like, life fades, vision goes out, all that remains are memories and times of chaos and ruined dreams and wasted lands, like all that. I love that. It's resi- like, I, but I remember the Road Warrior or something, like, that's so great. And to me, I, I definitely am of the opinion that, yeah, I like the first Mad Max, I do, but I, Road Warrior's my favorite. I really like, like, and cause, I mean, come on. Lord Humongous, like, be still my dog of war. I understand your pain. We've all, we've all lost someone we love, but we do it my way. I love that. I love that shit. Just walk away. Just walk away. Like, that is so fucking cool. If you're looking for a movie that brought BDSM to the mainstream culture, told people about it, you got them into the, the thing, I feel it's a you know, road warrior. Now, I don't think it's any movie that came out recently that touched on the subject, because from what I hear, it's nowhere like it. But if you were looking for a true BDSM movie, Road Warrior's the way to go. <laughs> see, see, and I, 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 I think... I... <laughs> that, that's right. Fifty Shades of Grey, you're just, you're just a slow-play silver medal winner for BDSM in mainstream culture. Road Warrior beats you there by 20 years. Exactly. You're not, you're not special. All you are, all you are is porn for women. <laughs> which, I, I guess this gives me an opportunity. Uh, which, actually, I saw, we, Madison and I went and saw Fifty Shades of Grey, and I was pretty dis- it, it wasn't a bad, like, film-wise, it wasn't a bad movie. It really wasn't. It was okay. I mean, I, 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 w- I guess I'm invested enough in it where, like, I know we'll wind up seeing sequels, and I'm fine with that. Like, I, it wasn't bad. It really wasn't. It wasn't Twilight-level shitty or anything. Um, but the thing that, like, that I, I saw is it, it was, 
all it was was like porn for women with like a couple whips and chains in there. Like literally all it was was like, oh, here's like this kind of kinky sex thing that happens because it's the same level of porn for women that like mid nineties Meg Ryan movies were. You know where here's this gorgeous Tuscan sunset and this like ripped guy comes down and notices little old you and thinks that you're just something special and whisks you away on his private helicopter and takes you to his big-ass mansion where there's velvet curtains and the wind wisps softly through his hair and you've never felt like such a sexy woman and then you, he makes passionate love to you while doesn't wake you up in the morning, cooks breakfast, clean, cleans the floor, and has a good relationship with his mother. It's, it's porn for women. That's exactly what it is. And I was so disappointed with it because everybody's like, oh god, the level of sex and graphics and violence is not that high. Mad Max did it better and Mad Max was a little bit sexier about it. I'll say it. It is just actual porn, it really, but without the fucking. But, you know, yeah, I, I feel yeah. like wherever there would have been a sex scene, there's just a chase scene instead. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair, and I don't know if it exists. Surely it does, but Mad I mean, Max there has porn? to... Yeah, I mean, there has to be, like, you know, Mad Max beyond the fucker dome or something. I mean, come... <laughs> Two cunts enter, only one cunt leaves. You know, um, I... I've... I know I have seen Thunderdome many, many times, but I don't really know if I could tell you right now the plot of it. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely one of those movies. That, that's a very fair point. Because yeah. there's, you know, Tina Turner, and then there's the Thunderdome, and uh, Master Blaster, and like then there's like a cult in the desert. Well, I guess it's all desert. Like the rocky part of the desert, right? Or maybe they're not yeah. a cult. Maybe they're good. I, I, I think it's all relative, really, in this world. And um, something happens and, like, they try to get a plane to fly, right? That, it's one of those that <laughs> I, I enjoy, I enjoy it, but, yes, it's, it's a, it reminds me a lot of the very, the Phantom Menace as far as plot goes, because I, to this day, I still don't know what fa episode one the Phantom Menace is about. Something about trade relations, and then, like, I don't fucking know. I really don't. And that's kind of the way I feel about Thunderdome, is it's like, here's some cool stuff that happens. How the fuck we got here doesn't matter. It's a lot like Sucker Punch. We just, it's cool shit happened. Yeah, I guess there, I mean, there's that for sure. I, because I, I, I'm just really trying to think of like, man, I mean, it's been, oh, it's probably been like almost 10 years since I have seen it, but in my mind, I know this is probably wrong, but in my mind, it's it's, it's still like what, the, the gyro cap from Road Warrior, but I, as the guy with the pilot, but I don't know if that's true or not. Which I really hope he makes a return in this one. Well, like, because I know, well, I mean, it's the, the, the tribe of little kids save him, but then he has to go to the Thunderdome because there's the evil queen, but I don't, I, again, I haven't seen this one. I, yeah, I don't I, know. It's, 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 I mean, it's, I've definitely it's, seen Road Warrior the most out of all of them. I've probably actually seen only Mad Max probably like three or four times. See, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen Mad Max and Road Warrior much more than I've seen Thunderdome. And honestly, I, I think Road Warrior is the best one. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, at least the one I enjoy the most. Yeah, I, I would definitely say that. It's probably, it, you know, Jarrett's never seen Road Warrior or Thunderdome. He's only seen Mad Max. And he's like, I've seen like clips of it and I don't know how the fuck any of that happens. Like, how did it go from this to that? And like, no one really knows. I believe it was the budget was bigger. Yeah. Yeah. I, c I can see that. 
But I, I mean, <laughs> so so with the new movie, do you think that they're actually gonna like try and make sense of this crazy plot, or do you think they're just gonna say fuck it, and go for it? Like like here's this world, it's va- it's loosely related. Just enjoy the show. Just enjoy the ride. I think it's probably gonna be that. I mean, well, I I sent you the trailer. Um, <laughs> what do you think? Uh, apparently, you know, he's gotta run through. Uh, chop shop and like then they're like in those cliffs that you saw like I was talking about in Thunderdome and um and there was definitely ridic- ridiculous masks I definitely oh yeah there was ridiculous and things uh, apparently that lady is not a thing whatever that means and um yeah. then and then there's like not only BDSM guys there's like a metal band that seems to be fighting somehow with their speakers and instruments and then the chase scene looks a lot like the chase scene from from Road Warrior where we're looks like we're take, trying to get a tanker from one place to another without getting captured though um whoever this dude is that's playing Mad Max I I closed that page a long time ago he does look a bit like young um Mel Gibson so well I, de- I, definitely, I don't think it's too jarring I, I definitely feel like uh, oh yeah fire tornado I forgot fire tornado <laughs> I I definitely I definitely feel like Mad Max is if there's ever a movie series where if you were gonna if you were gonna flip Oh, it's Tom Hardy. It's, oh, alright, I'm gonna, yeah. You're telling me that I can live in a world where Bane can also be fucking, can also be fucking Mad Max? Yeah, oh, I mean. It, it, it's Bane? Is, I, I guess he looks different without a mask on. <laughs> uh, oh, we just opened up a whole new realm of things we're gonna do later on in the show. Oh, completely. <laughs> After this comes get, out. Get ready for that, listeners. I, Skip I didn't that even, episode when it happens, because it's just going to be for us. I, I I didn't realize that that was, that was him. Wow. I like him even more now, and I liked <laughs> him a lot before. Oh. Yeah, I, oh, I'm, I'm excited. When I, when I heard of this, that, it excited, my pants, they were off of me from excitement. It, that's how, I, I excited my pants off. Oh. And then I immediately started putting on, you know, half of a football costume, and like strapping a tire across my chest, and sawing off all my shotguns. Well, applying spikes to things that don't need spikes. And, and well, you know, yeah. this is never, I don't think this is ever, you know, the, the crazy cars with weapons or anything has never inspired anything that I've ever thought about or done. I mean, right. I, 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 it's completely, you know, separate from, from, from you know, I, I can see this, I can see this moving and you'll be like, oh, that's cool. I don't feel a need to ever copy anything like this or build on its style. Well, one of the, one of the <laughs> things I definitely like about this is of all the, of all the movies in the world, I think that you have, play, you could have casting changes in in my Mad Max movie because, I mean, come on. Is anybody really there to worry that much about it? Well, I mean, after, you know, after this long, you know, maybe. Yeah, it's kind of needed to do that. Don't get me wrong, I would be really interested in seeing, you know, the tales of, of old Mad Max. Grumpy Max. <laughs> well, like, he drives like an old man now, too. <laughs> get off the desert! You've been driving 30 miles an hour with your blinker on for four miles! Move! <laughs> Somehow you're in my way and we don't even have streets! <laughs> Somebody goes zipping past it like, you damn kids! Oh. I remember. Barely. I remember when people treated each other with respect around here. Sure, there were people with ridiculous masks and chaps everywhere. Spikes and chaps. Chaps in chaps. I remember. Assless pants. <laughs> I was trying to think of a thing to call them. I think it's really funny how like you've just like you found another donut plug thing to, <laughs> to take issue with. 
Like, I, I didn't think you were ever going to find one, but I'm kind of glad you have, because only you, only you could take issue with this. <laughs> with, with assless pants? Yes, yes. <laughs> so I'm sitting, I'm sitting here and I'm looking at like George Miller movies, the guy who who wrote and directed directed these, and he literally has the the most. I would never have guessed the movies he would have made. For instance, we've got the first two Mad Maxes. Okay, I can see. Uh, and then he has like the Twilight Zone, the movie thing. All right, I can kind of see that. We got another Mad Max movie. Then we have like the Witches of Eastwick, which is like that movie where shares a witch or something. So apparently it's or biography um the two or three i've never heard of uh babe pig in the city the sequel <laughs> to babe i forgot about that he was the one that i knew that because it was weird in my mind because i always imagined like you know pigs trying to like steal the last bit of uh whatever pigs eat do you think in his mind it was like much more similar to animal farm or 1984 <laughs> and he wow he wound up with like he, like that was his original director's cut and they whittled it down in the editing room to turn it into a kid's movie that would be amazing <laughs> if it was true and then he also did both happy feet movies almost 10 years after he did the babe movie and then it's like and then i guess now he's finally decided you know what i want to do what i want again <laughs> you know what i love the apocalypse in australia which, you know, it I, I've never actually figured, I think for now it is for sure supposed to be set in Australia. I just always assumed it was, you know, this is what every place looked like. Yeah, But I, I guess now we are talking like, oh yeah, it's in Australia. Well, we're like, yeah, it's where it's filmed, but I mean, I just assumed the entire earth turned into a desert from whatever. And everyone's clothes immediately start falling off. So the movies, uh, I'm still stuck on this George Miller's career. Here. <laughs> like, so the so the other movies I didn't know what they were are like feel good romance movies. So, so what do you think is more like him? Maybe he's got he's been getting tricked into doing you know apocalypse movies and and stuff all these years. I don't know. It's just it's kind of it's it's an interesting. You know what I love? Crazy car dri driving apocalypse stuff and a good heartwarming story about family. Those are my two, those are my two biggest loves of the world. I just want I just want like slow soft music to play and the wind to blow through to blow through with some candles and two people fall in love to a song and then I want to see Mad Max tearing ass up through the, through the desert shooting shit and ridiculous masks. Those are my two biggest loves. Well, I mean, Cody, you know, at the heart of of Mad Max, isn't it just about family? Isn't it just really a love story? <laughs> well, I mean, if I, from what I remember, because I, I believe in the first one, like, isn't his wife and kid killed? So this is what happens, like, you know, he's like, and this is what happens when family is taken away from you. You destroy the world and have to wander aimlessly across the wastes between the last remnants of society. <laughs> He's such uh. a romantic that that's the only way he, he feels someone could could deal with it. <laughs> oh, God, that's really, really funny. Oh, man. Oh. So, now my, now my, big, my biggest question, though, is since we know that Tina Turner did the theme song to that, like, We Need a Hero song or whatever for uh, the Thunderdome, who, what... What pop singer is going to be attached to the new one? Like, what what is what is their hit going to be? Like, let's make ridiculous predictions on them. You know, you had a really good idea for a topic, but you realized after saying it, neither of us know anything about pop stars. Yeah, 
Very good point. Okay, okay, fine, fine, fine. Let, let's let's put it into our wheelhouse then. Of any classic rock singer who wanted to have their comeback album and be part of the Mad Ma- Mad Max franchise to revitalize their career and write a song about the apocalypse, who would it be? Well, what we could well we could get Alice in Chains and he could be the man in the chaps. That, that that's very that's very true. Um, <laughs> um, well, I'm out. I, <laughs> I I guess this would be a a really good opportunity though for say say like the I don't know I guess you get like Daft Punk or somebody involved in this I could see them fitting in quite well. They might already be in it. Yeah, that's very true. They might just like pimp by so. Which, you know, which, I always want... Yes? Oh, go do, ahead. We, do we both have Daft Punk stories we want to tell? I, I, I think we might, which is odd, because I did not I did not realize this. I, I feel like... I, like, I'm not a big... I don't dislike Daft Punk or anything. Like, they're just kind of not in my wheelhouse of stuff I enjoy that much. Just, but I kind of feel like they're going to be one of those groups that people are going to, in 20 years, people are going to look at and be like, oh my god, look at all the music these people did and how influential they were and hold them up to that, like... Oh my god, this was the greatest band ever, and we didn't realize what we had sort of thing. I, I, I honestly kind of feel that's going to happen. Ah, I can see that. Though, I, I kind of assume that in 20 years, you know, 40 years, they'll still just be a Daft Punk. I figured, I, I've always assumed Daft Punk, which I don't know why they don't do this. I mean, it, it it's not like you have to see them. Why don't they, like, for lack of a better way to put it, franchise? I mean, why can't there just be a, why can't there be a Daft Punk tour that exists across all cities simultaneously? <laughs> That's hilarious. That's an amazing concept. Or, you know, I mean, what? Like, it's like the... Daft Punk's like the Green Lantern Corps, you know? When one dies, it's just another one replaces them. You know, I think that actually might be <laughs> we a all, lot They all change to... their name to Daft Punk. That, I, 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 feel, I feel like you might actually uh, be on to what actually is going to happen. Like, Daft Punk shall live eternal. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, they're like the Persian Immortals. When one falls, another one takes its place. Exactly, yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's what I would do if I was, uh... If I was a Daft and or punk oh wait do you think when that punk folk gets old do you think they'll become folk singers <laughs> they'll be electronic folk singers <laughs> oh that's really funny oh that's 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 fucking honey I hope our listeners have heard that previous episode. Which, speaking of that previous episode and that beautiful segue, uh, this is the post-Easter Sunday Bad Religion uh, episode, which I must say, it was a fantastic fantastic show um had a had a blast it was super full it was a great great turnout um cool some of the some of the cooler shit that happened i suppose is uh there's a band, local austin band or they started in austin anyway uh called riverboat gamblers they played and they were very very good i've heard i've heard some of their stuff they were they were the opening act they were they were really good i was uh i was really big fan i was a really big fan of theirs um then off, off was the second opener, which was pretty cool for me, and I think, and Madison really dug it a lot. She had a good time. I was kind of worried, because, I mean, she's not real big into, like, hardcore punk rock. Like, it's just not a thing she really dug, or she's ever really dug, but I, I, I think it was really cool, because she kind of got to see part of the appeal to me of what is good about Because if you've never been to a punk rock show, you gotta go at least once, just to see it. Because I feel like so much of it is so visceral, that you kind of have to experience at all besides just hearing it because it's not just feedback and screaming so anyway 
Like, and she liked off a lot more than I thought she was going to, because they're hard. They're she a hard. Liked what? Are, are you telling me she got she got off? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I missed I, I missed my chance to get to, to who's on first. You about like you're like oh Riverboat Bandlers, and then off came on. I'm like who came on after Riverboat Bandlers? Oh, off. <clears throat> like yeah, I know they left, but 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 who is next? Well, anyway, anyway, like from my standpoint, I really enjoyed seeing them because the lead singer is Keith Morris, who, for those of you not in the know, Off's kind of, kind of like a punk supergroup because he was, uh, Keith Morris was the lead singer of Black Flag for a while, and he was like one of the founding members of Circle Jerks, and he was like been one of the constant, <laughs> constant members of them. And Circle Jerks are kind of are, so. So when the so if you combine those two, would it be a jerk off? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the obvious name. I mean, right? But it, but yeah, like Circle Jerks have been around forever. They're they're a very very popular band. They've been like con. Well, I mean, I can see why. <laughs> but anyway, and then and then you know it has like the the ba- the basis the basis for Red Red Cross and uh, Rocket from the Crypt drummer and anyway, but it's it's pretty cool. It's a cool fucking band. It's a cool combination of guys, and they played and they were really really awesome. Awesome. And the, the cool thing about it was, you know, at one point they're like, okay, we're going to play about five more songs. And, and they you know, were off! And they're like, we know! And, and <laughs> they're going to play no, like... No, no, I mean, we're done. Like, 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 they're going to play like five more songs or whatever. And... And they get up there, and they were literally up there for maybe, maybe nine minutes. Because it's, you know, harder, faster, louder. I mean, it was just really, really cool. It was a really good show. And then uh, Bad Religion came out, and they fucking pulled a lot of their a lot of their older stuff. They played a, from their Suffer album from, like, 88. They played a lot of it, which was really cool. Um, they only, you know, they have a new album out now, and they only played, like, one or two songs from it. Uh, they and they pulled a lot of a lot of uh, stuff that wasn't hits as far as far as that goes. They played a they played a, lo- a lot of uh, like kind of deeper cuts, which was really cool for me. I mean, I didn't I didn't quite expect that. But one of the coolest things about going and seeing them, like other than the fact that they are legends, is they're a great band. They they're the they're the fucking Rolling Stones of punk rock. I mean, they've been playing together for they've been playing music for thirty five fucking years. So it, it's it's really really cool to see to see them get up there and go and do it. But um, Greg Gaffin genuinely a hundred percent enjoys doing this, and it's so cool. It's like Madison, I don't think really got like realized what he looked like, and he looks like your dad. I mean, that's just his look because he's you know he's bald. He teaches you know he's he's a doctor doctor of life sciences and paleontology. He looks like a professor, and this is what he does for fun. I mean, he comes out, he's in his like polo and his and his khaki pants. And, and he just fucking rocks out, but and it the, one of the coolest pull, coolest fucking parts is the guitarist wore an Easter Bunny outfit, which was amazing. Like wore it the entire time. So well, I mean, that was on. really that was that was really really fun. Um, now, wouldn't it be a lot more punk for him to like come out as like Jesus though? That's what they did on Good Friday. They played in Good Friday on on. I played on Good Friday in Dallas, and that's what they did on. That's what they did then. So I, I thought it was kind of because I, I read I, I read a thing on it before we got to go see him but yeah it was it was it was very very cool it was a great show like they they are an awesome live band but the best like one of the best parts is you know they, they played you know we're fucking having a great time and just rocking out and shit and then for the encore because they hadn't played any of their old like their original stuff from the how could hell be any worse album and so 
it, at, at the, the the coolest thing they did was for an encore. You know, it, it was everybody's all fucking crazy and shit, and they had a good time. And they come out for the encore, and then and then they and then they played how then they played uh, "Fuck Armageddon, This Is Hell," which is like their big that's their big first song. So that was just a really big like bucket list check off thing for me because you got to see one of like my favorite band play like their biggest hit from their first album. It was so cool. It was absolutely awesome. It was it was a great show. It was a fucking awesome time. And Madison's like even more in love. Like she kind of liked them before. You know, she liked them better than some of my other stuff. She's like in love with them now because she got to see them live and it was such a good show. And I mean, they're just goddamn pimps. I mean, they're fucking awesome. So it was a great time. It was li- fantastic fucking Easter. So if you ever get a chance to go see them, you really need to. It's a it's a kick ass show <laughs> i'll i'll remember that i mean you know speaking of uh musical things that that made our lives uh, a lot like you know how the time i got to see uh see a black girl strip to baby got back which is a story i'll tell on another day um, <laughs> um which i'm really just trying to set myself up for a, a segue speaking of baby got back um i'm sending you this other video cody and I, this video has given me res- a lot more respect for two people. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I, have you seen this? What, what I sent what Cody was, I just discovered, um, where, where somebody at, at Jimmy Fallon hooked together enough clips of Brian Williams singing Baby Got Back to get, like, the whole first, like, you know, minute and a, minute and a quarter of it. And there's also quite a few songs that Brian Williams raps, like Straight Outta Compton and Gin and Juice and, um, uh, um, th- that, uh, whatever it's, I believe it's called Rapper's Delight from what I've learned, but the, that hip hop, a hippity hip, the hip hip hop, that thing. Don't, don't, don't stop the rap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> which I think is amazing. He had, um, he had Brian Williams on after all this has happened, and <laughs> he was hilarious. One, what he is definitely enjoys that he, that he was made to rap. Uh, and he was also a lot funnier than Jimmy Fallon. I'll tell you that for sure too. But I, I'm like, that's that's pretty amazing. And I really had to share this with you. That you know. See now, now, now you've got me. I'm trying. I'm trying to find. I I found these people on Twitter. Let me find them. And don't worry, people. You'll find in the show notes links to people rapping that don't normally rap. I, I'm just actually really amazed with the quality of the linking, and I'm also really amazed with you know that he said enough of these words to get some of them in there. I'm curious how long it took to uh, to find all these clips. Yeah, I mean, I guess I, I mean I guess when you're paid to do it, um, I, I would like to have the job of make newscasters rap. Uh, let me let me. Oh yeah, here here's uh, Barack Obama singing "Can't Touch This." Which, I might have seen this, which I uh, I thoroughly enjoyed. I may have sent this to you already off the air, but we're gonna do it again on the air because more no. shenanigans, reliving highlights of our lives for you, our illustrious, sexy listening audience. <laughs> There's also one where he does the Pokemon theme song. Well, oh, apparently they did Bill Clinton doing blurred lines. Yeah, that's like part of what these guys, these people do. I definitely prefer my dub presidents to sing uh, class classic rap songs, but I think we've all heard us both opine about how we like classic rap. <laughs> that's definitely pretty amazing, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I think the the, the Jimmy Fallon one's a little bit better done, but you know, once again, the guy got paid to do it. So, though these guys might get paid to do it too if with with as many views as they have. Right. 
And I would also like to, you know, make sure that I uh, tell our listeners out there that if you would like our show to be better, we would we would be a lot better if we were paid to do this too. My favorite part of the Pokemon one was how they had to make him say Pokemon, because I guarantee you that's a thing he's probably never said in a press conference. <laughs> what? No, Cody. <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh God, that's. So funny. Maybe that should be one of my goals when I'm president, is to make sure to say really strange words in press conferences, just to make these things easier for people. Well, what do you like? What do you think the world will be up to by this point, though? You know what I mean? Like, what? It, it, by, by the time you're definitely going to be president, what 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 do you think they'll possibly have to, to replace memes or this kind of ridiculous tomfoolery? Like, what what will we have as a society? Can our mind brains even handle it? I mean, it, it might just be old other old farts sitting on you know that that old thing that no one you know reads anymore the internet that, that kids are always making fun of them for and be like oh look the president's singing about butts again which other thing that i learned which this should have come up much earlier in the show but since i am not i am not brewer nor my emmanuel westinghouse the master of segways um did you really did you know that there's gonna be an gonna be an independence day too i'm vaguely aware of this now my question what? is beyond the obvious whys. Um, what what is the point? Is is there a reason? Like, are, do you like? I, I guess here here's here's my my thing for a second. Independence Day is like the worst movie that you want to like, but never gets any better. It'll be okay. It'll be on TV, right? It'll be like, oh hey, Independence Day's on. I'll watch it, and nobody enjoys watching that movie. Nobody likes I don't it. Know. It's that's all right, you know. It's got it, you know. It's got uh, data in it, and he's got crazy hair. That, that's um, the only. That's the only thing I, you could pick as a highlight of that movie, and I knew that's what you were gonna pick. I know you. Well, the, the president's speech is pretty good. What? No, um, that was not the best. It's, you know, I think is, you said on the here before that that, that you enjoyed it. That is the worst president speech ever. And we got, we got, you know, old guys having to fly planes in the battle because they, we ran out and like old planes have to be flown. Um, it's a lot like that part in the, in the, in the Cowboy Bebop movie. Oh, I thought, I thought for sure it was going to be like that part of Sliders or Quantum Leap. No, no. I mean, well, you know, actually, I think I remember something like that. Might be the reason why I like it. Um, oh, and I mean, you know, you, you got the fact that, uh, that, you know, his, his power book, it can interface, you know, with, with an alien spacecraft. I mean, that's pretty cool, right? That, you know, that, that, that Apple was so forward thinking enough to, to write their code for their power books to, uh, <laughs> to be able to interface and upload viruses to, uh, alien spacecraft, right? No? And, and it's just like in War of the Worlds, come on, Cody, like they sneezed on it, but with the computer. And there's computer sneezing. <laughs> And, you know, Jeff Goldblum says the same line he says in Jurassic Park in there. You know, that's cool, right? I just, you know, in both of them, he goes, must go faster, must go faster, go, 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 go. <laughs> well, but how much of De Jeff, do they, whenever they write a movie for Jeff Goldblum, do you think that they, like, in his dialogue, they, they put as many, uh, um, well, and I, oh, uh, I, do you think they put as much of that in there as possible? Because that is how he sounds in every movie. Maybe he just can't remember his lines. Maybe it's proto Twilight. I guess, I guess my I guess my thing is okay. Independence Day is that movie. They're like, okay, fine, it comes on and you'll watch it because Will Smith's charming or whatever the fuck. I mean, the fresh, you know, he was from West Philadelphia and now he's like punching aliens and shit. Fine, but 
I, I you'll 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 sit through that movie. But of all of the t- movies of all the time and all of everything that gets a sequel, like I fully support the Mad Max getting a sequel. I don't know that we need another Independence Day. Well, maybe they're going to fix all those problems in this one. Uh, apparently, I just read that Will Smith is not going to be in it, so if that makes you feel better or worse, I don't know. Um, and, it, and not only that, it seems to be Independence Day, I, I believe it was Independence Day Forever, Part 1. So there's going to be two more of them. I Okay. You're way more on board with this than I thought you were going to be. <laughs> Almost because it's funny because it pisses you off if I'm on board with it. I don't hate it, I just don't like it much at all. I don't see the point. I, I think there's better movies we could be making sequels to. Yeah, like, um, I don't know. Like, like Sin City 3, <laughs> Sucker Punch 2. We need to do City Slickers, right? <laughs> City Slickers 3, we still haven't found Curly's gold. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> what would you I, I know that is your go-to ridiculous sequel title what would you possibly i've never seen it actually i, I don't know if i've ever seen the regular city slickers I, either I, 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 billy crystal was all i needed to know to know that it wasn't for me um <laughs> it's just my go-to title sequel title yeah. yeah like what would you what would it be if it wasn't for that if you had to pick a go-to sequel title that wasn't that one what what would it be um the quest for more money Ah, okay. Spaceballs reference. Yeah, um, right, right. I mean, the history of the world part three would be a pretty good one. That... But we would need part two first, though, I think. When has that ever stopped us? <laughs> oh, yes! It's directed by Mel Brooks, directed by Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> you know, that's just an amazing concept that I'd like to take a moment. Actually, all of our listeners, I'd just like us all to take a moment and think and think of Quentin Tarantino directing a Mel Brooks movie and how wonderful that might be. Anyway, all right, now moving on. <laughs> Yes. Moving on, because one thing I do imagine would be in a, in a Quentin Tarantino movie would be, uh, especially if it was, uh, you know, History of the World would be Asian girls, right? Well, that goes without saying, even though you uh, said um, it, because that's how things but, work on a podcast. It is. But interestingly enough, I'm showing you a lot of things during this podcast, so maybe I do need to say it. Jared has graced us with some more strange uh, porn from Japan. Because Jarrett is our top man when it comes to strange porn categories. So building on on, on the backs of, of last week's episode, the returning segment of, I don't remember what I called it, but I gave it a clever name in the title text. But it's back, and we have Japanese girls licking doorknobs. So literally, they are hobbing knobs. Thank you. Thank you. No, 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 please. No, please. Thank you. Hobbing knobs, yes. <laughs> I'm I'm almost in tears over here, just because <laughs> I never thought in all my days, I, th- I thought I'd die a man who had never literally seen someone hob a knob. I, it's beautiful. It is beautiful. Oh, in many in many ways, and, and there is something interestingly uh, arousing by this. I feel I, there's two pages of this. Oh, thank God! I thought it was only one page. No, no, no. It go- yeah, you get two pages of it for sure. I and I hope and I hope and pray more will come. Oh, thank you, thank you, you perverted country whose sexual desires I don't understand. Thank you for this, Japan. All of you, thank you for all all participants hobbing knobs currently, all who have contemplated hobbing a knob, all of you developing photographs of you hobbing knobs. Thank you for doing this. This makes me happy in a way that I don't know that I could properly express. Well, I think there's one way to properly express it. <laughs> oh my god, this is so... You know, whenever you said you had a porn thing... 
I don't know what I expected. I I don't. But I it's going to take a long time for you and Jared to outdo this. I'm texting Jared right now. <laughs> yes, live text Jared about uh knob hoppery. Which, if you wanted to put this in really good context, last episode we recorded, probably not the last one you heard, we we talked about the the JOI porn category, the the jerk-off instructions. And literally, five minutes after we, you know, killed that episode, we got all, it was nice and it was in the can, as as we say in our lingo, um... I, 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 I open up the facey space, and there I see a message from Jarrett that was only sent a few moments more before that, and it was this. And I so wish I would have got it earlier, or would have made it in that one as well. And we would have got it incredibly live. But I called Jarrett afterwards to inform him that I found this, and it was amazing. And he has promised us that in his big musical career, he is going to write a jazz song about Asian girls licking doorknobs. He has promised that, and now, and now he is promising it to all of you out there via me, or I'm promising it for him, whichever. And we are going to continue to promote that the same way that we promote the idea of space elevators, the same the same way that we want Sin City Three, the the same way the, 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 these passions that we have in our lives. I don't think any is more prevalent than <laughs> a song about. Let, let's look past the the innate humor of just the concept of someone writing a song about. Japanese schoolgirls school licking doorknobs. I mean, I think it really does have a chance to, you know, it would be a really great song to, to start his career off with because if nothing else, there'd be people like you and me that are like, dude, man, you have to hear this song that's based on Japanese schoolgirls licking doorknobs. You have to hear this. I, I, I just... I mean, it would be immediate clickbait. I don't know that I have the brain power or the imagination to imagine what it would be, but I, I, I know that of all the people in all the world that can form glor- glorious jazzy tones into such a subject matter it is the one the only Jarrett shed i, I yes and his band the Jarrett's. yes <laughs> i'm gonna keep forcing that on him as well I, um i i don't even like words fail me on this this is this makes me so happy i don't i i know this has come up every Every t- Unlock my lust. Oh, there you go. I I I know that he is uh, <laughs> deadbolt my deadbolt desire. Deadbolt my heart. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, I guess this would finally be the time to have like your soul is hollow core. This would finally be an opportunity for that. It would be. Um. But I just I, tumblers of desire. Oh, ooh, that's that nice. Um, I, I know, I know that's, I know that's one of those things that I've come up every time Jared has found ridiculous porn for us. But what was he looking up in order to, <laughs> you know, like it, it begs that question every single time. It, like, I mean, I, I realized that he was probably, you know, finding one of the many ways to get his penis hard and when ready ejaculate. But it, honestly, I would like to. I'm gonna make the ridiculous assumption that Jared did, in fact. Like jerk off hard to this, and I'm gonna say that it's probably the fourth girl down that did it. That's the one where he like lost his jazzy goodness and his jazz hands jazz <laughs> jerker sized their way off. That's, that's what I'm going to say. Which I guess that's a very good question: is which one of these is your favorite girl in this? Because I immediately had to go look at the fourth girl down. <laughs> Are you, is that a safe question for you to answer? <laughs> well, I mean, that was kind of why I picked her. I don't know. Ah, uh, I- that one or the one in the veil. Honestly, I like I like I like the classy one in the veil. 
I'm not mm. the one. The one in the schoolgirl outfits. That's just that's just a little too obvious. It's a little too obvious for you. Um, I know it's it, it's hard. Um, yeah, I, I, I fourth one down. I I think it's either the girl with the the red hair or or the girl with the pink hair or or the girl with like the tongue ring and the red shirt. Um, or I, okay, just all of them, I guess. Listeners, this is gonna be in our show notes. We're gonna need like we're gonna need you to help uh, help us decide who is your favorite do- girl hobby knob. Please. <laughs> Please use as many details and descriptive words as possible. I never, never in all my days that I think I'd see a girl actually hopping a knob. I'm, I'm. Uh, yeah, I think I'm gonna go with the one with the piercings and the and and, and the red shirt because she looks like she's really after that knob. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Yeah, the the one below her kind of looks a little bit like like this was a good idea until I started. <laughs> Yeah, because if you're gonna go after a knob for a photo, you better commit to that knob. You don't want to half. You don't want to half-ass that knob. You want to get your knobbing hands all over it. Which I I do feel the most ambitious one though is the one above the lady with the veil. Very true. Because because she went after like this big industrial strength knob. Like this knob holds it's like watertight knob. You know, holding down the you know, the bulkheads to stop the. In fact, I'm going to go as far as saying this is probably the knob that if if in the locked position, if she wasn't hobbing it, would have saved the Titanic. It, it's such a large and sturdy knob. And then there's like the, whatever happened on the floor <laughs> before she hobbed this knob. Like she had to put paper down just in case she got too excited or something. At knob hobbery. See, and I, I like, I like the, I like the one that decided, no, 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 no. I need to have wet hair to hob this knob. That one's pretty good. No, see what you're, what you're confused with, Cody is. It was dry when she started. Oh, the knob. she needs so many towels. Uh, <laughs> and then on the- and there's also the one where the feathers exploded while she's hobbing the knob. <laughs> I feel that that might be symbolism for something. And then, <laughs> and then the, uh, the, 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 what, the schoolgirl one is funny because it's like, I don't have time to hold all these books. I've got to hop this knob now. (laughs) (laughs) I know. It's it's like there's something extra. Like if it's not messy when we're hopping enough, you didn't do it right. <laughs> like oh, like oh god, like oh, the room is all a mess. What were you doing? Having a long, passionate night of love? No, I was hopping a knob. And then there's like the one with tennis balls because tennis. That that was that was like I, you know what I need for this knob. No, you're missing the symbolism in that one too. <laughs> Fuzzy balls, Cody. Come on. I just I just like I just like the uh the that one where it's like you know what I. Need? I need a prop for this one. Um, tennis racket and tennis balls. Throw them around. I mean, there was also the, the, the third girl down who was obviously about to hob one knob and go on to a second knob. <laughs> well, if you're gonna hob a knob, I mean, you could, you know, sometimes you need to go to the, 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 the two, the two swinging doors, the breeze doors, and just hob both knobs. Definitely, though, I would have to say of all the knob hobbery going on, uh, second second girl on the second page is enjoying the knob hobbing far more than any other. Like I, I believe <laughs> that she believes the most in this cause. I think that in fact this might be her web page. This might be her kink. 
Like she does look like she is really enjoying that that knob. Like, like, oh, like there's no getting that knob out of her mouth. I, I mean, I feel we might want to point this out as we're actually looking at this. You know, it might be a little disingenuous to use the term knob for all of these. I mean, I think it's a good general term, but some of these are levers. Do you think that that, that means something different if you're actually hopping a knob versus versus a you know a, a handle? Licking a lever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do, do do you think that is that a different kink? Does one of them mean like you is one of them a male knob and one of female knob well i just i just want to know like do you what, what do you what do you do do you do you lust a lever and hob a knob i mean is that what goes on <laughs> if you're dr seuss i do believe so yes <laughs> guess i will hop this knob <laughs> i'll hop this knob all day day and long there bob <laughs> bob it on the knob <laughs> i'll hop it till it throbs i'll, <laughs> I'll do a mighty fine job <laughs> Oh, I can handle this handle. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> oh, I mean, do you think it's like lesbian lever latch love or something? I don't know. I'm just really curious. I I don't I don't know, and I almost don't care. I'm so <laughs> I still I'm so glad this is a thing that happens. Like now, see what I what I want to know though is. Is there a thing where they they hob doorknob they hob knobs on cars? So there's mobile car hobbing, or is that a totally different kink altogether? Um. Oh, I don't like like they're hobbing hobbing in the back seat of a car. Hop knob back back car knob. I, yes, that'll, you make all that, that work. All that. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just too excited about it. <laughs> I, I, I can tell. I mean, how can you not be? I'm trying to see if I can find another more of these. Yeah, I'm doing the same. Which enjoy this NSA as we look this up. I'm just looking up girls licking things and see what happens. <laughs> that might not be safe. Oh, here's a, here's a, I, I found a picture of the, oh god, there, I'm, hold on. Can I, there's the one in the veil from a different angle. That's uh, uh, just straight up porn. Oh, I found more. Uh, there, there's some more girls. <laughs> like the, like a, I found an article where it blurred out the doorknob. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Oh my god. Go, go to this website. Oh god, did I find a video of this? <laughs> oh god. <laughs> I hope so. I, I did. It, it, it's just the one girl with the red hair, but like a whole bunch of shots of her set to really, really like wistful music. Apparently, there's a doorknob licking in public movement in Japan. Oh my god, there is a lot on this page. Sweet oh. lord. Oh my god. Well, send it to me. There's like mangas of it. Wow, here. Yeah, enjoy this. <laughs> <laughs> now, really, the question is Are we laughing at um, a cultural thing that we don't understand at all? No. Who's really the the um, the weird one here? Is it Jarrett for finding it or for us finding more of it? Valid point. Because <laughs> Jarrett, you just found it and then stopped. <laughs> and we're like, no, no, there must be more. <laughs> we need to see more of this. Oh, here's some more. <laughs> see, there's a different tennis girl licking them. That might be a thing. We'll provide all these links for all hobnob enthusiasts uh, out there in case this does do something for you. I wonder if this is, like, a germaphobe thing, though. Like, do you think this is, like, the dirtiest, filthiest thing to a germaphobe? Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe this is, it's kind of like, is it kind of like the germaphobe's equivalent to the, uh, to, like, you know, the, the guy that's the CEO of the company that goes to the dominatrix? Maybe. Maybe that's, that's how it works. So it's like, he's just like, you know, I've been in control all day. I must, I, I now have to let somebody else be in charge. And, and see, some of these are, 
well, number 19 is also really enjoying it. <laughs> Let's see, some of these are the, are the girls from the first one, but from different angles. Right, yeah. Which actually ex- excites me more, because that means if there's two different angles of her doing it, there could be three or four, or or more. Um, I, if only I owned an auto blow too right now. <laughs> oh man, what if this was like this is like a, the cultural thing? Like our culture, we have selfies at ours. Like this is what ja- like you know mid <laughs> mid twenties Japanese girls do. Like instead of taking a selfie and tweeting it, they they take a picture of licking a doorknob. Oh well, you know, let's if we want to get serious for a minute. From what I understand, Japan is actually having is having trouble with um with, with their birth rate right now because apparently too many guys there are are foregoing foregoing relationships and, and sex because you know because of cultural traditions to have to uh to uh you know work hard and you know be, be like do like 10 to 14 hour days and things like that and you know and much preferring to what for their companionship you know getting on like the dating sim or, or the you know it going to the the lap place where you can like you know sleep with your head your head in someone's lap and stuff like that you know the the unconditional love approach so maybe what this is is kind of like advertisement kind of it's kind of like peacock feathers as it were ah. it's you know, it's it's a lot like you know, you know, the hookers with their with their large shoes, if you wear, or just I mean, even just you know, regular girls, you know, put put on makeup or you know, whatever. It's like you know, try trying to attract like, hey, look, this is what I'm good at doing. I guess a lot like dancing. Maybe that's the best analogy. Dancing It's like, oh yes, oh look, look how great my moves are here. That means obviously I'm good when we're horizontal. Um, so maybe that's what this is. Right. See what I'm doing to this doorknob. Think of what I could be doing to other knobs. Yeah, there you go. Or maybe it's just as simple as, you know, I mean, it could just be like you know, all the girls taking their sexy pictures in the bathroom here that we have where they're like smushing their boobies together and things and you can see the pee in the toilet. Um, maybe it's just a lot like that, you know, like, hey, you know, I we're on we're on the facey space or whatever the Japanese equivalent to the facey space is, which actually I used to know the name of, but I can't think of right now. Um... Oh, oh, whatever it is, it translates to smile, smile. Actually, smile, smile. Not just smile, but smile, smile. So whatever it is, it's the most obviously cutesy Japanese name possible. Um, <laughs> but but that's their facey, facey space. Um, their smiley space, I guess. Smiley space. So, <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> made me giggle. Um... So maybe that, yeah, maybe it's just what they do on there, you know, like, hey, you know, this is the, this is the trend. Kind of like, you know, for a while it was like, what, you know, sports guys taking pictures with giant cats? Right. Remember that for a thing? Yeah, yeah. Uh, who knows? I don't, you know, I don't care. I don't want to analyze it. So, Cody, I, I, I've learned that some, there's some places where I have to check, you know, my science and skepticism, and it's, and, and in fact, I'm going to leave it at the door. <laughs> I... With with this topic, fact, I'm gonna cross through this door and forget about all my worries. <laughs> oh, that's funny. And also speaking of uh, speaking of Japanese girls and other silly awesome things they do, I have also sent you a link to um, a, a video of of them. Now they're not licking doorknobs here. This one's this one. It might be a little bit more racy. It gets racier. <laughs> You know, I, it kind of depends, actually. In a way, these are probably sexier. Um, oh, that was Brian Williams rapping Baby Got Back. That was the wrong link. <laughs> well, whoa, Cody. If we play those at the same time, then... Actually, that might... Let's see if they sync up. What this one is, I can only describe as a boob buffet. 
Uh, yeah, that's, that's a very fair analogy, yes. And what this is, now, I, I guess in full disclosure, I found a much better video than this once before, but it has since been taken down from, because it was on the facey space, and, you know, something about the facey space is all about, like, oh, you know, we have to have, like, class or something, and you can't show boobies there, or something like that. I guess what I'm saying is, if you want boobs, you have to go to Twitter, but I couldn't find the original clip anywhere. So this one's a little bit more serious, um, and, and not as, not as, there's, there's not as much cam- camera movement, it's more like if, if Kevin Smith directed um, the video. But what it is, it's a whole bunch of Japanese girls standing in a line with their shirts raised. And I don't know why I felt the need to raise my own shirt to tell you that. <laughs> and I also really don't know why I felt the need to tell tell you that, that I did this. <laughs> They're standing a whole bunch of them, like a, a, literally like a, a breast ton of them. It's not an ass ton. Um... And you drop your money in the box at the beginning. Now, by box, I actually mean a plexiglass, you know, cuboid container. Um, You put your money in there, and then you proceed down the line of girls shaking their boobs. You reach forward over the table. You, you know, you go honka honka, move on to the next one. You tune the radio. You move on to the next one. You uh, titty drop them. (laughs) And, And so on and so forth, down a line of about 20 girls. And... The entire thing, which, well, I guess in full disclosure, after watching the original video many times, I noticed on the side of the box, the plexiglass one, um, there was a ribbon on it, so I actually eventually assumed that this must be some sort of, like, benefit for, for breast cancer. Well, it turns out it's it's a benefit for uh, AIDS. Sure. I mean, really, you can benefit anything with, with, the, the, with this, this boob squeeze. There's nothing that this wouldn't solve. There's nothing that this wouldn't help. There's no way this wouldn't raise money. In fact, these people are on to a fantastic idea, and I support this idea. I support it wholeheartedly. In fact, Board Shenanigans has never supported anything as strongly as it does support this. Like, this would... Oh, and if you could do this, like, while they're licking a doorknob, too? I, I don't think I can handle that. Oh. It would be amazing. But yeah, like, it actually, like, went from being a weird, creepy, like, oh, look, creepy things happening in Japan, to actually being, like, a really cool, like, idea to, to raise money. Because, especially, like, after you figure that out, it makes a little bit more sense, everything about it. The fact that there's big lines of girls with their with their shirts up, and big lines of guys walking up, and, and the entire thing is so polite it's very much like they go up and like the girls are like hi grab my boob and and you're like or like hi thank you for grabbing my boob and then the guys are like oh that's us thank you thank you it was my pleasure to grab your boobs all right thank you have a good day like the it's almost like it could be like done in canada it's so polite Uh, only except for the fact that if it was done in canada they'd they everyone would be far too ashamed actually to to show up which actually a lot of these guys have a very ashamed look along with their their politeness and the girls are like yay Thank you. Ah, yes, thank you. Come again. It's <laughs> like, oh, I will, whether I'm here or not. Um, and, and it's actually, it's, it's really kind of cool. I, I will try to also somehow provide a link to this, or I, I don't know, you, you could probably search for, um, oh, what was the official term I figured out? Like, boob, Japanese boob squeeze, squeeze fundraiser <laughs> for, uh... <laughs> Boob squeeze fundraiser for for AIDS. Search for something like that. You'll probably find it. Th- these are apparently okay. I, I overestimate. There's only twelve of them, which is still a lot, really, when you think about it. And, and apparently, they did, it was a telethon, so this was broadcast, which is even better. Yeah, I agree with that. So presumably, you know, b- b- between them showing the boobs being grabbed, you know, they were there was also very other minor Japanese celebrities getting on, trying to talking in the most calm voices possible about you know h- how great that last documentary on World War Two was. And, and if you want to see more of these, 
documentaries about, about World War II, please go shake a girl's breast and give her money. I mean, it definitely would make it a much more. It would make make it more interesting. You would make considerably more money. I mean, every, everybody would benefit. <laughs> it, it it's it's just it is pretty awesome. <laughs> and, and, like, and like I said, just how enthused they all seem to be there. Everyone seems to be excited to be there. I, I, I don't know how you couldn't be excited to be there. Like, I'm excited to see this, let, let alone, you know, I would be thrilled to death to be there. You know, it just says Japanese actresses. So I I would like to assume that that means this is like if we were running up to like, you know, if it was like Mila Kunis and, and Halle Berry and stuff like that there, you know, maybe just t- maybe they're TV actresses. So maybe it's only them, you know. Oh, which uh, speaking of Mila Kunis and really? The, yeah, actually, really. And the late, the lately, the late, lately, the late Robin Williams. Um, if y'all want a good, if yes. y'all want a good movie to watch, and since we aren't gonna get any more of his, that Angriest Man in Brooklyn movie is fucking amazing. It is a great flick. Madison and I watched that a couple weeks ago, and I meant to bring that up before now. So, oh, is that one of the ones of his that was shot that they hadn't released yet before he yes, died? Or yeah, or it was one. It was one of the ones. It like came out in 2015. It was one of those that they was in pre or in post production whenever he had died, and I think they had to like cut a little bit to finish it or something. But it has a has Peter Peter Dinklage in it, and it has him, and it has or it has Robin Williams, it has Mila Kunis in it. It's it's a good movie. It's it's really funny. It's really entertaining. Um, the premise is Robin Williams is going to have an aneurysm and is going to die in ninety minutes, and so he has to like go make his life right. It it's really funny. It it was I very much enjoyed it. It was him doing what he does best. Uh, you know, dying. Well, it was it was it was. It was him being really outlandish and really ridiculous, and you know, like it. it, it so, so are you telling me like the the first half of it's really funny, and, then he, and then the he, last half is really serious, and it's really sad. Yes, but it and it it was a very good movie. It was probably it was probably one of my most favorite. Like it, it was way up there. Like I really really enjoyed it. I've I watched I watched it with Madison, and then I watched it the next day again by myself. And I'll probably I, that's one that's going to be in my rotation. I I very very much enjoyed it. So go get a chance. I want to see that. I know I meant to bring that up before now, but since you know we aren't going to get any more Robin Williams, I, f- I feel I feel that that might be something. It was it was a hell of a good one to be towards the end of his his run. You know what I mean? So ah yes, and um, well that's but you know who, you know what actor isn't always on the best of his run, but sometimes still pretty great to to see to see um Nicholas Cage. Yes, and I was really curious if you were going to give me a real answer or just or give like a silly answer. So well, I... isn't Nicolas Cage in a unique position to occupy both? <laughs> well, I actually have... Now, I know I told you before this, Cody, that I have a, a face on. Yes, a face on. Oh, it's time for that face on. Face on, face on, Yeah, it's a face on. <laughs> Woo, face on. <laughs> We really need to come up with a theme song for it. Do we? Because that seems to be catchy. We just we seem to make one up each time. <laughs> I think that's been this. Oh, it's a face on. Oh, what? A face on. Oh, who? Oh, it's a Nicolas Cage's face on something. It's not supposed to be on. Um, well. I actually was was hiding a little something from you. I, I have two. So I'm going to send you the first one first, because that's only the order you do things in. Um, this is the first one I found. It is quite amazing. But it is trumped by a new one that I'll tell you about. But after you see this oh, one, you'll, you'll probably enjoy it. Oh, I love it. Oh, I love it. What we have here is Nicolas Cage on the back of, of a Subaru or something. That like hatchback, and his arm is the wi- the rear windshield wiper, so it looks like he's waving at you. 
And when the I don't know. Hopefully the gif is loaded for you. Oh yeah, I I've I've enjoy I'm enjoying the entire process. And I believe in here. I don't know if he just means in general or Nicolas Cage, but he mentions somewhere in this that that he's planning on doing seasonal themes, which I really hope it's like seasonally themed Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Nicolas Cage is a as a Christmas scare or as a Christmas a. It's Christmas scarecrow. <laughs> I was gonna say it's a harvest scarecrow and a as, as, yes, it's Christmas scarecrow. You know, it's like <laughs> I knew you were gonna say it if I didn't call you out on it. <laughs> you know, every Christmas time, you know, I bring into my house bales of hay and I stuff a scarecrow and put it in the corner. Oh. Oh, and then and then whenever the twenty fifth does arrive, I give it a brain. Yeah. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah. You know, but anywho, yes, Nicholas. In, in fact, it's not only just Nicholas Cage waving at you; it's Nicholas Cage with a mustache waving at you, which is even better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty great. I mean, and, and, and I and I find this to be quite quite awesome. Um, but I might have found the face-on to end all face-ons. This might be the last one we get, ever, because I don't know if it could ever be topped. Well, at least until it's complete. And now I've sent the link, and now we wait for Cody to click on the link for it to load. But what you're gonna find is a Kickstarter page. And there's gonna be a video that you're gonna want to watch. So, I guess we'll have to pause the, the, the show for a minute. Not like all these other videos we've been looking at. This is the most visual episode of Port Shenanigans ever. <laughs> it is. Um, we might have to redo this episode when we when we finally get into a in, into a medium that we could show all this in, but this is also a Kickstarter done, done by none other than a Canadian, which I feel there's no one possible that could come up with a better idea, especially on the backs of our last Canada episode. Sir, you have outdone yourself, and yes, this is going to be a very difficult one to top. So he's asking for about forty something thousand dollars uh, USD, which last time I saw it, it was in it was in uh, Canadian dollars, which so it's fifty two thousand Canadian dollars to make the to make a Guinness Book of World Record new record holder mosaic, but of Nicolas Cage, and that and in order to do this. He's not, he's not actually trying to get a whole bunch of pictures of Nicolas Cage to make a picture of Nicolas Cage. What he's actually wanting is pictures of you. Yes, you. You out there. All of you. You, Cody. You. Jared, a picture of you. You, uh, Justin, a picture of you. Dri- guy driving your car. A picture of you. Guy that doesn't understand bad names. Picture of you. Does, does he want a picture of me? Yes, Government Monty. He wants a picture of you. Everybody. They all need pictures. Uh, Chad. We especially need your picture for this. Brent, a picture of you, which makes this not only a face-on, this makes this a Soviet Russia face-on. Because in Soviet Russia, uh, you are Nicolas Cage. That's right. So, and for a very measly $2 um, American or $3 Canadian, you can have your face be part of Nicolas Cage's face. For $10, or I guess $8 USD, um, for, for $8, you know, real dollars, you can get not only your face there, but mentioned on the website and and a picture of it when it's done, a poster to hang on your wall above your bed, as he says, so you'll be the last thing you see. Once you get up to $16, you get the best pun in the entire package, but you get a necklace cage. That's right, a necklace with Nicolas Cage's face on it. A necklace cage. A Nicholas Cage, guys! That's my favorite. I, I almost want a Nicholas Cage just to say that I have a Nicholas Cage. Um, and then so on and so forth. There's actually one very special one on here, down at the bottom, for, for about $6,000, uh, 
American that is only for one person, Nicolas Cage himself. He is asking, he's like, Nicolas Cage, please give me $6,000 so I can use your face on this. And you know, I think when Nicolas Cage hears about this, he's going to be fully willing to endorse this. Partially because, have you seen his movies? He's fully willing to endorse just about anything involving him. Very good point. Um, and I really, really can't wait to see that one checked off by, by Nicolas Cage. And I'm not lying. I'm going to send him 10 bucks at least, if not more. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm in on this. I'm in on this. Like you don't even because, understand. Because, yeah, I don't, Cody, one, I feel we are obligated as podcasters to have our face on Nicolas Cage. We're all, we're, we're obligated as podcasters. We're obligated as the innovators and particip- participators and enthusiasts of Nicolas Cage on Ridiculous Things. We're obligated not only as Americans, we're obligated as good, as good people of this, of this here planet Earth. And I would like to take this moment to encourage all of planet Earth to dive behind this cause. Because what could bring this world together more than this? What could push us past our social differences? What could drag people up from the inequalities more than a gigantic picture of Nicolas Cage? And it's a picture of you that is in Nicolas Cage, as in Nicolas Cage is in all of us. He is one. We are one with the cage. The cage is one with us. I support this. Board shenanigan supports this. Sir, you are brilliant and you are doing a service to all of humanity. That's what his reasoning behind this is, is apparently he feels that this will bring everyone together. Uh, it, that, that, as he puts it, you know, if aliens were going to come to Earth, they'd want to know who our ambassador is. How best to show the aliens that we want peace, but also not to mess with us. Than a giant mosaic made of millions of faces creating one giant Nicolas Cage face. And how many faces is that, you ask Cody, I hear you saying? That's 180,000 unique photos are needed to do this. At, at least, and if nothing else, just uh, purely to uh, beat the record. He's saying that he wants this thing to be uh, 21,646 square meters, which that is... You're, you're, you're something. Yeah, you're gonna have to uh, explain that to us that don't speak any of that commie, commie meter metric, metric business. He's, as he's running figures, as these cal- his calculations are heating up, as you can hear the supercomputer in the background. Okay. Pi carry the three. That is, that is two hundred and thirty-two thousand nine hundred ninety-five point six square feet. That's a lot of cage. It is. We we are we are definitely in the cage now. Yeah. Um, I know some of you are also wondering out there exactly how many square gnomes it is. Why, Cody? Would you like to do the calculations for square gnomes? Well, I guess I would. Um, let me let me let me let me work the ca- and plus I got to put it into the gnomometer. So I need to carry the one. Oh, I forgot. I gotta. This could this could take a moment. Hold 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 on. Hold on. Yes yes. Here, Cody. Let me let me help you with those no those gnome calculations. Here, just let me pull on this and up oh, oh, some some of this. Oh, wind it up. Okay, now now okay. Inserting the rods. Careful, careful, Cody. Careful, Cody. <laughs> Don't get too close to the flux capacitor. Ah, yes. Now do we have a readout? Uh, Wait for yes. The smoke to clear. Yes, yes. Uh, it lo- it looks it looks as though looks as though that is. 71,642 and three quarters gnomes. Ah, that's a lot of gnomes. That's a lot of cage. <laughs> it's a lot of cage, a lot of gnomes. It's, but it's not in, it's. But it's not fucking metric. That's, tr- that's true. <laughs> 
Um, in fact, I, I feel this would be a good time to share with you, since we're talking about metric, and probably it's just as cheesy as Nicolas Cage. Um, back in the, I don't know, 17-whatevers, or probably probably later than that, uh, I guess late 1800s, there were some communists in America trying to get rid of our, our fair system of measurement. Why? The people out there wouldn't stand for it. And they did what they know best on how to thwart um, the evil metric and fight for a good cause by composing a song. <laughs> or poem. Or so. Actually, I believe it was a song, so you're supposed to be music to it, but I don't have music to go with it. I- nope. Actually, you know what? I will have some music for this. <laughs> um, they bid us change the ancient names, the seasons and the times, and for our measures go abroad to strange and distant chimes. But we abide by things long dear, and cling to things of yore, for the Anglo-Saxon race shall rule the earth from shore to shore. Then down with every metric scheme taught by foreign schools, we'll worship still our father's god and keep our father's rule. A perfect inch, a perfect pint, an Anglo's honest pound shall hold their place upon the earth till time's last trump shall sound. Then swell the chords heartily, let every Saxon sing, a pint's a pound the world around, till all the earth shall ring, a pint's a pound the world around, for richer and poor the same, just measure and a perfect weight called by their ancient names. <laughs> you know, early centuries racism aside, I think it's quite great. <laughs> you know how long I've been sitting on that? <laughs> I... <laughs> A long fucking time, I imagine. <laughs> Years before we even had a podcast, I was waiting to, f- to <laughs> for a situation to pull that out. It's those things you find late night on the internet, and you're like, "Oh god, this is going to be useful in the future." A poem about about not being being using metric, not being using. I believe you should all believe, and, and in fact, that's the you know that's that's the the American customary way of saying that sentence. Well, it did give me the opportunity to write a pint to pound the world around on our Twitter because when else are you ever going to have that option? <laughs> that is very true, yes. <laughs> I, I don't exactly know what that means, really, but... I liked it. That's why it's there. Um, indeed, yes. Down with the dirty commies and their metric. <laughs> indeed. Um, but anywho, um, I guess what we were getting to before we got distracted by, by units of measure um, was we are definitely i at least i know for sure like i said i'm going to be in this thing because it's and, and not only that i'm going to make sure to to leave a message on there telling him that we talked about his uh his glorious of schemes on our very humblest of podcasts and um i i suggest all of you out there do the same and, and support this cause cuz think of all the, think of all the joy nicolas cage has given you now it's now it's literally your time to put something back into him <laughs> this might be one of your only chance to be inside of, of something of nicolas cage's <laughs> yes, I mean, <laughs> however you want to look at it, even you that. get to be in a Nicolas Cage movie. <laughs> yeah, oh, it, it, it's so great. And I mean, yeah, I mean, the only thing I could possibly think of is once once this is done. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know if this exceeds this mosaic is ma- made. I I think we're done with the face on because there, there's no way we'll be able to top it. A Guinness Book record with Nicolas Cage is that so? Okay, but well, we're gonna have to ask the fans because if they want that segment retired, we will honorably, we will honorably fold up the face on, like play some taps and bur- and burn it for its years of service. But if that's something they don't want to do, I don't feel that we can just take it away from them without 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 their consent. That's wrong. And you know, 
I believe he said he's planning to do a to do a little short film or movie or something that goes along with this. I'm gonna try to try to talk him into using the name Face On because I feel if you're gonna do a movie about using somebody else's faces to make Nicolas Cage's faces, then the title's Face On. Uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, that's why we chose it for this because it's so perfect. I mean, can you think of a better one? No, we couldn't. That's why I mean, it's Face On. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, nothing beats this Nicolas Cage one. That is great. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> I am thoroughly impressed with Nicolas yeah, no, Cage. No, I, I agree with that, 100%. <laughs> so... He, he's, he's pretty good at naming, and um, but I am also going to assume if he somehow, if, if he has the video called Face On, if that's what it ends up being called, I'm going to say no matter what, he got it from us. <laughs> we are the originators of the term Face On. I, yeah, I mean. And there'll be a little theme song at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> How will it go, Cody? <laughs> oh, Face On! Whoa, it's a Face On! 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 It's on face 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 on it's it's literally the amount of effort that I feel is needed to be put into that. <laughs> yeah. Well it's it's like all it's like all other board shenanigans traditions where, you know, we we're gonna do like we're gonna make the promise that we're gonna do it and we don't and it's because you know, we haven't enough times and we've sang this song enough times and uh, yeah, it's just it's part of it. No, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm sure there'll be eventually a nice studio recording of the face on theme song. <laughs> oh, that would actually be really funny. Yeah, I agree with that. But do we care? No, no probably not. I, we, might. we might. We might more at the point than we do now, but, uh, you know. It, it, it'll happen, guys. Just keep tuning in to, to hear the uh, official face on song whenever it arrives. <laughs> Whether you like it or not. Oh, that's so funny. Mm, indeed. Oh. We've had a lot of laughs in this episode. We, we have. <laughs> Nicholas Cage. Uh, well, I guess I guess I guess Rose. now I guess now's my opportunity because I haven't I haven't yet. Uh... So did anything wonderful and or exciting happen to you, Brewer? <laughs> wait, wait, you know, wait, hold on. Like you were supposed to ask me this at the beginning of the show. What are you, are you telling me this entire time we haven't been doing the show? Is, is are we just now starting? Do we have to scrap all of that? <laughs> I, I, I mean, tradition's tradition, Cody. I, I feel we have to just... We had this great episode, now we have to lose it. Is it going to be lost to the adults? Is, is it going to go... Is it going to go in with those other files of episodes you screwed up? <laughs> <laughs> that we actually may or may not have a few few of these episodes that, that, that will never see the light of day? Oh. <laughs> well, ah, well, well, fine then, Cody. I, I guess, since you... Need more shenanigans in your day? Find them at bspodcast.us twitter.com slash board shenanigan our iTunes feed also Stitcher or at facebook.com slash board shenanigans This one looks a little young to be licking doorknobs. I don't know. I can't tell with Asian girls. I don't ever know how old they are. That's definitely that's definitely going to be in the outro. <laughs> the one after the one that looks a little young, it, it, I, I like the business lady licking it. Though she seems to have a... I, I think there's a lot of Asian girls with pierced tongues, perhaps. That seems to be the trend. That seems and honestly, like, yeah. I can't tell. I can't honestly can't parts, tell. Yeah, I don't know if it's the same girl or the different girls. I don't know. And she's just dressing up differently with in different wigs? Is that true? You're a racist, Cody. <laughs> Well, you can't. Can you prove or disprove this? I think not. I can tell the difference. Well, between... I'm not the I'm not the uh, 
Asian aficionado that you are. No, I just have an eye for detail. <laughs> and knobs. 